Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. I'm excited to talk to you tonight about something I hope is going to be really helpful, and I hope it's going to take like a weight off your shoulders tonight, okay? Things have been heavy a little bit in the world, and we're going on like years of this now, okay? <laughs> we keep saying we're living in unprecedented times, but it kind of continues. We're living in some strange times and some odd times, okay? Things are getting weirder and weirder. And I feel like as we've moved through the last few years, people are just kind of waiting for that to end or waiting for things to go back to normal and just waiting for things to not be so crazy, but it keeps getting crazier and crazier, okay? So people have kept getting stressed out. But I want to teach you tonight really what I feel like is how to man, just have peace through it all. Like your life can go back to normal and be great even if the world doesn't, okay? The world can stay crazy, but that doesn't mean your life has to be or your mind has to be or your heart has to be. So I wanna talk to you about this because it's really on my heart, especially when it comes to like being a Christian. Have you guys noticed, it just seems to me like there's this, I don't know, it's just a vibe I guess I'm getting from social media and people that people just feel like this is a really tough time to be a Christian, right? So it's like a hard time to follow God. This is just really difficult. Like a lot of what the Bible says is maybe not popular. A lot of what we believe and the truth that we hold really dear is sometimes ridiculed. And people are acting like it's a tough time to be a Christian. And I have felt that way too. But God really interrupted those thoughts in my life. And I'm so grateful because he said there is just nothing about being a Christian that is tough and hard. It's incorrect for me to stand here and be like, it is so hard to serve God and follow God and be a Christian in this day and age. No, it's not. The thing that is hard is to be a human in a broken world, which we all are. We live in a fallen world that's full of sin. We have an enemy, of course, but he's not just the enemy of Christians. You don't have an enemy because you're a Christian. You have an enemy because you're a human. (laughs) He's the enemy of all mankind, not just us. It's not just us. Of course, when we're trying to do things for God, I understand there can be opposition, but that's the whole point of being with God and serving God is that there's benefits and he makes things easy for us. So if you've been feeling like, hey, things are really hard, I'm here to encourage you. Things might feel hard. That's because you're a human. You're going to experience tough times. I am going to as well. Difficult things are going to happen in your life. I'm going to as well. But that's not because you're a Christian. That's because you're a human and there's an enemy of humanity and it's the devil. So I'm so encouraged by this because God kind of like cracked through and said, hey, things aren't tough because you're a Christian. Things should be easier because you're a Christian. And if they're not, you need to figure out why. We all go through tough times. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. What is it talking about? The Christians and the non-Christians. Every person on this planet will go through hard times. Congratulations, that means you're human, okay? That's all of us. But we have benefits and we have help. And being a Christian should be the easiest part of our life. Serving God should be the easiest, most enjoyable part of our life. Being a Christian isn't difficult. It's not hard to be a Christian in this day and age. It's a little hard to be a human in this day and age. But being a Christian is easy because God makes it easy. And I want to read something to you out of Matthew 17, 13, and 14. We're going to go with the old-fashioned New King James Version real quick for this, just to get started, okay? It says, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, 
and there are a few who find it. And I heard a preacher bring up this verse the other day, and immediately it was like I could just see this in my eyes, that we're traveling on a narrow path, right? God is saying the way to living right is a narrow path, and there's a narrow gate to enter it. And that narrow gate isn't to keep people out, but I want to encourage you tonight to think about it this way. That gate being narrow is to keep junk out and baggage out. And if you're having a tough time going down this road, it's not because the road is narrow. It's because you're bringing things that aren't made to fit this life. You're trying to bring things down the road that don't belong on this narrow path. And I think most of you in here who all drives or at least like has a permit or has been behind a wheel. I'm not going to tell if you're doing it illegally. <laughs> Most There's more drivers in here than not drivers, okay? And listen, for a long time as a driver, I did not, I didn't really get road rage. Like, I had heard of road rage, but I'm like, I don't know, I've never felt that. Uh, I was never stressed out in traffic because we live in southern Indiana, and really there's, like, not a lot of traffic compared to major cities in the world. But I, I don't even remember where I was going or what I was doing, but the first time that I was, like, in standstill traffic, I was furious, and it was so bizarre. I was so angry. It was so frustrating to be in a car and not be able to move and just be sitting there. It was the worst, and for the first time in my life, I was like, I can see why this would make people angry. <laughs> like, if I had to do this every day to work and home from work, I would hate it, okay? I would hate it. So I don't get road rage often, but that was my first time being like, I feel so angry. I kind of get this right now. But... I'm seeing a lot of Christians live with road rage. They're on this road. We're all on this road together. But there's some people who are on this road and they're really angry about it. They are super frustrated. They are acting like it's really hard and they're going nowhere. And that's because they're trying to bring all this stuff that does not belong on a narrow road. They're trying to squeeze a wide load on a narrow road. That doesn't work, right? We see signs on the road that say like semis and trucks not allowed on this road right? The road can't handle that kind of baggage. This narrow road that God has laid out for us is intentionally narrow because we are supposed to walk down it in freedom, not with a lot of baggage that doesn't fit. So if you feel like a frustrated Christian, then this is for you tonight. If you're experiencing road rage in your life, you're like, it sucks to be a Christian. This is so hard. I don't get it. I don't get the whole God thing. That's what we're going to talk about tonight because too many Christians are living with road rage, and they're just angry. They're just angry Christians, or discouraged Christians, or disappointed Christians, or frustrated Christians. That is not how we're made to live. And so I want to talk to you tonight about three things that I see people trying to drag down this road that just won't fit. We're on a narrow road, and the gate is narrow, and if you're trying to squeeze through with all this baggage that doesn't belong, you will be frustrated and have a hard time, I promise, because I've done that. I've done that version of it, and then I've done like the easy version of it, and we'll get into that, but the first thing tonight I do want to talk about is sin, and hear me out, because I'm a really big fan of reframing sin. It is extremely unhelpful for me to tell you that sin is bad. First of all, lame definition not helpful, doesn't make sense, no clarity. But second of all, what are you supposed to do with that? Sin is bad. Okay, that's not what the Bible says. But in Hebrews 12, 1, it does say this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So I want to highlight this for a second. If you're a Christian living with sin in your life, you will absolutely be unhappy and stressed. Yep. 
It's easy, okay? This is all so easy. I want to make this so easy for you. Sin is not doing bad things, okay? Sin doesn't mean that you're bad, but sin means that you will be stressed because you're doing things that hurt your life. That's my favorite definition of sin. That verse just said it's things that trip you up, right? When you trip and fall, have you ever been running full speed and totally wiped out? Just me, me and Emily. (laughs) It hurts, okay? It hurts. I got hurt because I tripped up and fell. This illustration is great. Hey, you're trying to run, but if something trips you up and you fall, you're going to get hurt. That's my favorite definition of sin is sin is just things that hurt your life. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're disappointing God. It doesn't mean that you're backslidden and all these crazy things. No, sin is just things that hurt your life. That's why God says don't do it. So if you're a frustrated Christian, I want you to look and say, is there any sin in my life? You're squeezing down this narrow road with things that don't fit, and that's why it's not easy. And God is not mad at you. God wants this to be free and easy and fun, but it absolutely will not be if there's sin in your life. That's why the Bible talks about sin so much, not to shame you, but to set you free. This is such a perfect time for this illustration, okay? When COVID happened, right, I never sanitized my hands. Like, I, well, I grew up sanitizing my hands a lot, but never like I did, you know, going into every store and going out of every store and going to this place and going to that place. And after touching my mouse at work and after touching my phone at work, we became hyper aware of the fact that we could touch something and it might make us sick, right? That was why we all stayed inside. That's why we all wore masks. Sometimes on my brain, I feel like I can just see the germs now after all this. Like, does anybody else struggle with that? Like, you touch something and you're just like, I don't know. I feel like I can see it on my hands. I can't. But that's been drilled into our head at this point. You can touch things and it might make you sick. So don't. That is exactly what the Bible is saying about sin. Hey, you if you touch that, it's going to make you sick, so don't. If you touch that, it's going to make you stressed, so don't. If you touch that, it's going to open the door to bring depression in your life, so don't do it. Stop thinking about sin as bad things and think of it as things that are hurting you and keeping you from living a happy life. This is hilarious, and I almost didn't want to say it out loud, but literally I wrote in my, in my notes that living holy is living happy. And I know that sounds like silly, but man, that has never been more true in my life. Like I know that to the very core of my being because the cleaner that I live, the happier I am. And it's because I'm staying away from things that hurt me. It's not because God likes me better than you. It's not because I've earned something that you haven't. It's not because I'm called to do this and you're not. It's literally just because I'm living holy so I can live happy. Because I don't live with all that stuff that trips me up anymore. I don't live with things that hurt me anymore. I don't live with things that make me depressed anymore. So sin is not some just big, bad, ambiguous thing. No, sin is just things that hurt you. Sin doesn't make you bad, but it does make your life really hard. So if your life feels really hard, look and see if there's some sin you need to get rid of. Sin makes you sick. Sin just brings damage into your life. You weren't meant to carry sin down this narrow road. So if you're trying to walk the Christian life down a narrow road and you're carrying sin, it is going to be hard and uncomfortable and frustrating. And even more than that, you're going to get irritated at the people who are walking next to you who are really having a good time. They're having a great time. Why do they always get this? Why do they always get that opportunity? Why are they always happy? Why do they always get a raise at work? Why do they get this? Why do they get that? They're just walking on the path like they're supposed to. They're not dragging all the baggage and all this extra stuff you're trying to cram down this road that doesn't belong. It's as simple as that. And I do think it's, it can be tough to talk about sin in the church because maybe for a while the church messed up and presented it in a way that brought people shame. 
And shame is disgusting. That's why I'm saying sin doesn't make you a bad person. I'm not here to shame you, but I'm just here to tell you, like, I don't want to shame you for your sin, but because I really love you, I can't stay quiet about it, yeah. right? If I saw you, if I, you know, I don't know, just think of, oh man, think of Sammy. Oh my gosh, I just thought of this. I'm going to tell this story. One time, Sam was a tiny child, okay? And I used to babysit him. He was so cute. But one time he came to church and his whole little baby hand was like blistered up with burns. Do you remember that? You grabbed your mom's curling iron that morning before church and completely blistered your hand up, right? Now, obviously, no one saw him doing that, or they would have stopped him. But how cruel would I be if Sammy was walking up to a curling iron today to grab a hot curling iron, and I didn't say, hey, that's hot, don't touch it, right? It's kind of a dumb example, but that's literally, like, how, how the church should talk about sin. Yeah. Too many churches are not talking about sin because they don't want to shame people, yeah. But they're letting people touch hot things and get burned all the time. And that's not love. I can't say that I love you if I'm watching you do something that's going to hurt you. Or even more than that, encouraging it. Like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Like, we all mess up. God loves you as you are. That's entirely true. But if I see you doing something that's going to hurt you, I'm going to say something. And it's because I love you. And I don't want you to have a blistered up hand. So I know that sometimes the church has been scared of making people feel ashamed because, you know, things were miscommunicated maybe back in the day. But if I really love you, then I'm not going to stay quiet about the things that are hurting you. That's why I'm here, so that you can get help and those things won't hurt you anymore. And too many Christians are trying to make it down this narrow path with all this sin loaded up in their life, and they just don't understand why they're struggling. And it's because maybe they're just thinking, well, God loves me as I am. He definitely does, but he's not trying to leave you where you are, because where we all are on our own is a terrible place, right? We all show up with all kinds of issues and all kinds of struggles, and and I don't want to stay there. That's why I value the people in my life who point out sin to me. That is making my walk down this road difficult. That sin is hurting me. So if there are people in my life who love me enough to point it out, I'm going to honor those people and I'm going to listen to them. So when you're living a hard life of sin, you will feel angry towards the people who are living holy and happy. You really will because you don't get it. You're thinking, why, why are things so different for them? Why are they so happy? Why are things so easy for them? Because they're not carrying all that baggage of sin. This is so easy too. Listen, I'm going to make this so easy for you guys because like I said, sin can feel so big and ambiguous. And listen, when you're really tangled up in stuff, I understand it can feel overwhelming to get out. But I stayed in a place of being overwhelmed for so long that when I finally <laughs> turned to God and, and like broke out of that, I was shocked at how easy it was. I had let that stuff speak down to me for so long that I thought I couldn't get out of it. And because I thought I couldn't get out of it, I stayed in it. But as soon as I made the decision to turn to God, to start getting all this stuff out of my life, it was so easy. Things changed so fast for me. And I'm not saying they'll change overnight, but when you really get a hold of like living holy and living free, joy just came like instantly for me. It was a night and day difference of me making some simple decisions that brought super huge results. So that's the first thing I see people trying to drag down this road is sin. Good old-fashioned sin. The second thing is distraction. And I love this story in 1 Kings 19. 
verses 11 through 13. So this is about Elijah. And he was in a place where he really needed to hear God speak. He had done some cool things and had some cool experiences. He had killed a lot of like false prophets and like priests for other gods and this and that. Um, he had done the whole thing where uh, he just like made fun of, of other people's gods and like made the whole joke about them being in the bathroom. So he kind of was having these good times and he was like a cool prophet. He was rolling through the land doing all this cool stuff. But then it started to get kind of crazy because people really started to hate him. And this queen named Jezebel, who was pretty powerful, sent some people after him and said, may my gods kill me if you're not dead at this time tomorrow. She was intense. So a contract was out on his head. He really had no one to help him. He was feeling really alone at this point. So he kind of like, God had like flexed. There was a lot of powerful things that happened, but then he got really scared because all of a sudden now they're trying to kill him. This isn't a joke. So he's going into hiding and he needed to hear from God. He needed to know what to do. And this is what God told him. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible, a terrible blast. In my family, that would mean something else. But it was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance to the cave. And if you continue to read on, God gave him instruction after that point and showed him exactly what to do. But my point in this is to live free of distractions. In this story, the wind and the earthquake and the fire, they were big, they were dramatic, they were impressive, they were noticeable, but they were all distractions. God was not in any of that. He was in the still small voice where it says the gentle whisper. And I see too many Christians who are concerned with things that are just loud and dramatic instead of the things that are spiritual. We are so distracted by big things that are happening that we're missing what's really important. You have to understand that there is an enemy to this world, the devil, and it seems to me that just one of his key strategies is distraction. Right. None of us do anything good when we're distracted, right? You guys know when you sit down to write a paper and you're distracted, it turns out like garbage. Yeah. You guys know when you're driving and you're distracted, you might drive your car into a ditch. Yes. I don't know if it's happened to you. It's happened to me. I'll be transparent. Okay, that's how I know. If you drive distracted, <laughs> I don't even know what happened that day. It was over 10 years ago and my dad was like, how did you drive in a ditch? And I was like, I have no idea. I just was in a ditch. It didn't really go over well. So just pay attention when you're driving. But literally, think of when you're doing things distracted. Like, no one does anything well when they're distracted. And our entire world is literally living distracted yeah. by our phones, yeah. by our careers, yeah. by the news, by all these big things happening. And I'm not saying that world events aren't important and that we don't have a role in prayer and in action for those things. But a lot of times, those things are trying to distract us from what God is really trying to do. And Elijah was in a situation where he needed to hear from God, but he had to wait through those distractions to get to God's voice. He had to seek out God's voice in the middle of those distractions. And too many of us are claiming that we can't hear God speak when it's really just we're allowing too much distraction in our life. It's as simple as that. If you have things that are too big and too loud and too crazy going on, it will be hard to hear God's voice. This is why... The Bible illustrates over and over going away with God, going away to a secret place, going away to a place of prayer. What are you doing? You're removing yourself from distractions. We have more available to us today than ever. 
I've already told you guys a million times, I sound like a broken record. I have to keep social media off my phone because I can't handle it. It's too big of a distraction. I will waste way too much time with things that do not matter and that are solely distractions in my life. That's it. It's nothing but a huge distraction. And I'm not against social media. I love social media, clearly. I just can't handle it, so I keep it off of my phone. But too many of us are just consumed with what is loud and not what's really spiritual. And we're looking at what's dramatic instead of what's actually truthful, right? There's a lot of even kind of upheaval in the church today of old doctrines being shaken and things that the Bible clearly, clearly says that people have believed for thousands of years. All of a sudden, those things are coming into question now. What are people doing? They're allowing themselves to be distracted. The devil is stepping in just like he did with Adam and Eve. And he said to Eve, did God really say you couldn't eat from this tree? That's all he said. He didn't say like, he didn't lead with just saying like, oh, this is going to make you so wise. God just doesn't want you to know everything he knows. No, his first open door to her and his first like step into the situation was to say, did God really say that? So it should be a big red flag if we see the church saying, did God really say that? It's the oldest trick in the book. It's from Genesis, right? Did God really say that? Does the Bible really mean that? Are we sure that's what this means? It's dangerous and it's not even new and it's not even creative. It's been done before, but it's a distraction. We're consumed with what's distracting us rather than what's truthful. The Bible is simple. All of this is easy. God made it so simple for us, but God is in the whisper and the still small voice. So if you feel like you can't hear him, you're probably really distracted. And if you are, that's okay. We all are. But we have to learn to not be distracted. It's worth it to me to set down social media if I can hear God more clearly, right? If you break it down like that, it really sounds kind of stupid. Could you believe it if I stood up here and was like, well, I don't know. Like, I can kind of hear God, but, like, you know, I just only need to hear him on Sundays. So, like, it's fine if I'm on social media every other day. Like, if you really break it down that way, what am I doing that is distracting me from hearing God speak? Nothing is worth that. So I'm willing to give up anything because God is in the gentle whisper and the still small voice. And it's also interesting to see, you know, there's a lot of just loud situations in the church today too. And they're bad situations and they're tough situations and they're disappointing situations of a lot of people publicly getting in a lot of trouble. And it's heartbreaking and it's sad, but it it also just, it makes me so sad and upset because it's such a distraction from what God is doing, right? If the world is only reporting the bad things that have happened in church, man, that's frustrating because they're not talking about the millions of amazing things that are happening in churches around the world. Like I haven't written it or put it together yet because I think it it might be kind of corny and I don't even know if I I need to put it out there and it, it probably wouldn't matter, but I just see so many posts about church hurt and I'm just trying to do my own like mega post of church help because I have been helped so much in my church I'm tired of only hearing stories of people who were hurt by the church I'm not trying to diminish their experience horrible things have happened and that's because people are in a church and people are sometimes messed up but there are millions of amazing churches who are scandal free who are feeding the poor who are bringing deliverance to people bringing help to people encouraging people every Sunday showing up 
every single week to serve and do amazing things, and we don't hear those stories. So I feel convicted sometimes to start talking about those stories because there are people who've been hurt in the church, but let me tell you about the 30 years of my life that I've been helped in the church. I've been encouraged in the church. I've grown up in the church. My life has been enriched by the church. Like, I'm, I understand church hurt. Again, I'm not diminishing those who have been abused or truly been taken advantage of. That stuff is so disgusting, and it's hard to read because I love the church so much. So it's really hard to read about some of that stuff that happens, and you're like, man, that's not the church I know, right? That's not the church that I know. That's not what the church has done in my life. So don't be distracted by all of that, it's a loud distraction, and it's got the whole world's attention right now to make the church look bad, when there is so much good happening in just millions of churches every single week across the entire world. So don't fall for the distractions, you know? There's a lot of movements that are exploding into the church today. I'm not even going to get into all of them. You've seen them all on social media. They're loud, and some of them are eye-catching, but they're just not truthful, they're just not truthful. They're not based on the word of God, and they're meant to be a distraction. The word of God is simple, and following God is simple. And if you're listening to somebody who's making it confusing, you need to find somebody different to listen to. That's a distraction. You should not feel confused following God. He's made it simple. So that's my second thing. A lot of people are trying to drag distraction down this road. That's why they're experiencing road rage and maybe running off into a ditch because they're distracted. And the third thing and final thing tonight is Christianity without Christ. And this is, I want to read out of 2 Timothy 3, 5, uh, first in the New Living. It says this, people will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. And in the message, it's a little heavier. We'll read verses 1 through 5. It says this, don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, dog-eat-dog, unbending, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage. They called that word before it was really big. Cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust, and allergic to God. Does that not feel like the times we're living in? People literally act like they're allergic to God right? Like nothing disgusts them more than the Bible. But it's saying these people will make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. Stay clear of these people. And you know what, what makes me so sad when I see Christians who are just getting off into all kinds of craziness, whether that's just like a weird doctrine or just kind of all kinds of a crazy sin, or they're, they're making big mistakes and all this comes out. It makes me so sad because all that could be avoided with just a real relationship with God. You cannot have a life of Christianity without a relationship with God. And if you're trying to do that, that's why you're frustrated. And don't worry, it's easy. But literally so many people are living every day calling themselves Christians, but with no ability to hear God speak. No wonder they're frustrated. How are you supposed to be a Christian if God can't talk to you, right? How are you supposed to be a Christian if you can't hear God's voice? How are you supposed to take advantage of the benefits of being a Christian if literally you can't even get any direction from the guy who's supposed to give it to you? That's frustrating. So if you feel frustrated about that tonight, I understand. That is an extremely frustrating life. But it's as simple as this. You absolutely have to have a personal relationship with God for all this to make sense. 
for any of this to work, for any of this to be enjoyable, for any of this to be fun, for you to feel free and walk through life with joy, you have to have a personal relationship with God. And really, this one will take care of the first two points. When I really developed a real relationship with God, it was so easy to let go of sin and it's become increasingly easy, easy for me to live without distraction and get rid of those things. Literally, when you're talking to God every day and he's speaking to you, nothing is better than that. I don't sin just because like I'm a, a strong Christian or I'm so far ahead of you. It has nothing to do with that. I don't sin because I love talking to God so much. I don't want anything to get in the way of that. When I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do, all of a sudden, I can't hear his voice anymore. It's dramatic. And if you know him, you know this. Usually, it's easy to hear God speak. And if I get over even just into, like, unforgiveness or I'm having a bad attitude about something or the Holy Ghost told me not to say something and I said it anyway, all of a sudden, it's pretty silent. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm back, coming back, God. I'm so sorry I stepped away for a second. That sin instantly just comes in, and it blocks me from being able to hear him. So when I have a real relationship with God, when I've been in a place that I can go to him for encouragement, don't we all need that? Like, literally, you see people that are living so discouraged when they could just get, go to God and be encouraged. Like, the only reason that I have as much joy in my life as I do is because God literally encourages me. He tells me it's going to be okay. He tells me he's going to take care of me. He is the one who tells me I don't need to be afraid. He tells those things to me personally. I'm not just talking about reading them in the Bible. I'm talking about hearing his voice. And that's why I can live the way I live. It's so easy, but so many Christians are doing without it because they think it's just like unachievable. And that it's so hard to really have a relationship with God. It's not. We sing these songs and sometimes I wonder how many people in the room are confused by the lyrics. You can look across the room and see the people that believe them and have experienced that and the people that have no idea what that is like. To stand there and say, all I want is to live within your love and be undone by who you are. There are people in this room that that stirs your spirit because you've been there and you know what that's like and you really feel that way. All I want is to live within your love and be undone by who you are. And then there are others in the room that that makes no sense to because you've never felt it. You've never experienced that. But it's so easy. Don't let the devil keep you out of that by telling you it's hard. It is so easy. And it is absolutely the foundation of everything else. That is how we're to walk down this narrow path freely. Because literally, I can walk down this road and say, God is all I need. And that statement used to kind of irritate me when I was younger. Because I was like, that's not really true. Like, I get it. But I need money, right? And I need a place to live. And I need this and I need that. And it would irritate me just a little. Like I understood the sentiment and I knew that the word of God said it. But I couldn't reason that out of my own life to say God is really all I need, right? And that's because I just had a very shallow Sunday morning relationship with him. But when I started to really spend time with him every day to really let him love me and him encourage me and him break those things off my life, I can stand here today and say, literally, God is all I need. <laughs> Literally, if every person in this room and every person in our church just decided they didn't believe this anymore and didn't show up here Sunday, I would still be here alone. And that's not because I'm some great Christian or anything, but it's because I know God. You cannot shake me from my belief because I absolutely know him. I'm not going to read something on Facebook and get all confused about like, yeah, well, is that really what the Bible means? 
I know him. The Holy Spirit speaks to me about that. I know him. I can't be shaken. So I can walk down this road with joy, having a great time serving God. And it's all because of my relationship with him. And once I nailed that down and brought some reality of that into my life, the sin was so easy to let go of because I didn't need it anymore. I didn't need another way to make myself feel good. I didn't need another way to find peace. I didn't need another way to have fun. Literally, God was enough. So if that statement confuses you or you don't relate to it, that's okay. But I'm here to tell you, please believe me that it's true. All you have to do is reach out and know him. It's so easy. And your relationship with God will keep you on this narrow path. I, you know, we're seeing a lot of people, which the Bible said this would happen, fall away from faith, right? They're changing their fundamental beliefs. They're, they're going to a different church because they, you know, it's a little more open-minded and this and that and the other. And it's just, I, it's just sad because I know some of those people at one point had a real relationship with God. And it's not my place to say that they don't now. But I know in my life personally, the Holy Ghost helps me sift through that. Because I know God and I can hear his voice, I don't get confused by uh, things other people say right? There's not times, I'm not saying that I haven't gone to the word and being like, okay, let me, let me check the word on this. Cause I don't know. That sounds kind of right. You know, um, but the Holy ghost helps me work through that. I know I'm not saying this with arrogance because the Bible says like, Hey, everyone should take account of himself because we could all fall and we could all mess up. But I'm grateful that I have peace and security in the fact that I'm locked into my relationship with God to a place where you couldn't talk me out of it. No matter how much I love you or how long I've known you, you can't talk me out of it. Cause I know him. It would be as ridiculous as someone trying to tell me I don't know Emily Owens or that Emily Owens isn't real. You couldn't do it because I know her. And it's the same thing with God. You can't lie to me about his character because I know him. And you can't tell me he said something that he didn't say because I know him. Like I know he's not saying that. And there is so much value in just a real relationship with God. So Christianity without Christ is just so not fun. (laughs) If you're not having a good time, then this is, this may be why check yourself. This may be why if you don't get excited to read the Bible, if you don't like coming to church on Sunday, I'm not even criticizing you because we all been there at one time or another, but the times that I was in that place, I did not have a real relationship with God. So of course it didn't make sense. And of course it wasn't working. And of course I wasn't having a good time. I was trying to go down this narrow road with all kind of baggage without a relationship with God or with sin in my life or with distractions in my life or all of the above at various times. But your relationship with God will keep you steady. And that's so valuable to me today because everybody like on the planet is so shaken, right? Everything in the world is shaken. The economy is shaken. People's jobs were shaken. Our health was shaken, all this stuff. And so I'm so grateful for the stability that comes from my relationship with God. So don't settle for Christianity without Christ because you'll hate walking down this road if you do that. I promise. And I want to share one more verse with you guys before we close tonight. I appreciate you listening to me. And in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, we opened with this, but this time we're going to look at it in the message, and I love it. It says, don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. And I just want to say to you that although that phrase sounds a little intense, it's vigorous and requires total attention, I have absolutely never been happier than when my total attention is on God and what he has for me. 
Absolutely not. It does take my total attention, but it brings me total joy and peace that absolutely nothing else could. Again, the holier that I live, the happier that I am. Sin is a sickness. It hurts my life. But the more that I clean myself up and I I live free of distraction and sin and I really put in the time it takes to have a real relationship with God, I just have so much joy. I can't even tell you guys. And that's what I want for you guys. I love you guys so much. And I'm not trying to diminish the things in your life that have happened and that are hard. But I don't want to see you struggle. Now, I don't want to see you struggle. I don't want to see you struggling later when it is really so easy to be free and walk down this path. Just leave those things behind that you don't need because it's so worth it. So I love you guys, and I appreciate you listening to me tonight. And I am going to pray. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 